I thank you for that ministry of music. It doesn't seem that many years ago that you were quite small in this congregation, as I remember. But now, look at you. Thank you again for that ministry of music. I'd like to welcome each and every one to the house of the Lord this day. This privilege that we have to come to this place, yet in this land of freedom, and worship our Lord and Savior in our Father. I'd like to share with you a few verses of Scripture that's called to worship from the 18th chapter of the book of Alma. Now this was Alma's counseling to his son Shiblon as he was relating that conversion experience that he had. And I'd like to pick up the, or start the uh, account in verse 8 of chapter 18. Yea, <clears throat> and I have seen an angel face to face, and he spake with me, and a voice was as thunder, and it shook the whole earth. And it came to pass that I was three days and three nights in the most bitter pain and anguish of soul, and never until I, I did cry unto the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy did I receive a remission of my sins. But behold, I did cry unto him, and I did find peace to my soul. And now, my son, I have told you this, that you may learn wisdom, that you may learn of me, for there is no other means where my man can be saved, only in and through Christ. Behold, he is the life and the light of the world. Behold, he is the word of truth and righteousness. So we continue our service with the singing of hymn 216, Breathe on Me, Breath of God.
Father who art in heaven, we count it a great joy and privilege to gather into thy sanctuary this day, to draw apart from this world and to uh, worship thee. And Father, it's our desire this day to worship thee in spirit and in truth. And we would invite thy spirit to come into our presence, even this hour, and that it might feel welcome, and that even that, that angelic ministry might move amongst each one here, and that we might feel their presence, and may they touch each one. And Father, I pray that you might be with my brother Ed as he breaks that bread of life this day. We know his desire to serve thee, and may you bless him. And in so doing, may we each be blessed and edified, and that we might leave this place here this day with a greater desire and zeal to serve thee, even to the very end. And so it is, Father, we ask these things in the name of thy Son, even Jesus Christ. Amen. With victory requires much sacrifice. None other example than Jesus Christ sacrificed everything for us and our sins. Yet He is victorious. God wins. Would you pray with me? Our Father and our God, I humbly ask that you would bless this offering today, this sacrifice from each and every one, Lord, even the ones that can't partake, that we would uh, freely give, Lord, that we would freely give back to you. You have given us so much, Father. Please bless these monies as they are collected. In your Son's name. Jesus the Christ. Amen.
share these words to you this morning as an opening scripture from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, starting verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf, leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In the Lord, I the Lord search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doings. me just to offer a prayer before we start. I feel it's needed. Would you join me in a prayer? Our Father and our God, in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, I uh, too come to you this morning to petition you with my brethren for the sake of the saints before us. Lord, as we endeavor to be engaged in this high calling of kingdom-building work, we ask that you might come and provide that 
Spirit that is expedient for our lives to grow and to know of your goodness, that we might learn of your way and obtain strength to do it. I ask a blessing for the saints this morning that you might truly guide and direct those things that are expounded today, that we might see your hand at work in our lives, both in times of past and the day in which we live and the day to come. Bless us in our endeavors this day, O Lord, to uphold you to the world as we gain strength here in your house to do your bidding for our family and friends in the world. Bless us in this endeavor. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, amen. I appreciate you allowing me that opportunity. You know, I was recently driving down 24 Highway. If you drive east of Buckner, there's a large fields, flat fields, that you can see quite a ways off, at least to the north. And you'll see the trees tend to grow a certain height. And But if you look really a little bit further in the, the far horizon, you see, I would say, trees that seem a little bit larger than the other trees around. And for those that are familiar with that terrain and that area, uh, you'll know the Missouri River runs right along that pathway. And I think as, you, uh, as I share that opening scripture with you, I want to draw your attention, attention to how God has given us patterns of life. As we look upon his creation, the temporal things of the world, how that relates to our spiritual life. In that opening scripture I shared out of Jeremiah, I thought it was interesting. There's four elements I pulled from that that, I, uh, that stood out to me. Here he speaks about a tree planted by the water. In that tree, we know that it has to have roots to keep it to, to allow it to grow. And that as it, as it allowed to grow roots into the soil, even a taproot that goes deep for, for nutrients and strength, it is uh, given uh, the ability to deal with the heat that comes its way and the drought in life. When everything else around it looks like it's struggling to even survive, not only does this tree, do these trees that are planted by the river, not only do they not only survive, but their leaves remain green. And one step further, not only do the leaves remain green, they continue to bear fruit when other trees are withering in the drought and the time of uncertainty. And I think as Jeremiah was relaying this to us, I think we might we too might find a type and shadow in our life in the spiritual droughts that come into our, in our, to our lives from time to time and how it is that the Lord continues to work uh, continually throughout His, his uh, bidding of your life and mine. We find these words also in Psalms chapter 1, verse 3, where we uh, see the Lord speaking to us. It's only six verses in the first book of Psalm. But uh, I'm just going to read for your hearing uh, verse 3. And he said, Be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 
You know, the Lord wants you and I to prosper. He wants us, even in times of uncertainty, and we're going to share, I'm going to, I, my, my ask today of the Lord is that I might be able to share items that would help us to prosper, that would help you and I to take the gospel into the world, that it might give us strength to know that the Lord has provided a way that we can do these things. You know, that first uh, first item I mentioned of those four elements I, I pulled from there speaks about the roots of this tree, this roots that of this large tree. You know, and I don't, I don't want to embarrass Tony, but we've had opportunity to go out and we've had hay rides over at Tony's property. And if you go down in the valley, if you will, and there's a pond down there, and all of the moisture runs down to that low point, and you'll find these huge trees. I mean, I, I don't know, they're over 80 feet, I would guess, or 70, 80 feet. But they're, they're in a place that can give it strength, in a place that when the rest of the world, the rest of life as we see it, is, is drowning, or, or I'm sorry, dying from drought, these trees continue to gain, remain strong because of where they're planted. And so we find these words uh, speaking in Ephesians chapter 3 and 17. I'll share this for your hearing now. It says, I'm going to start at 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. As we find ourselves planning our, our place in life for these seasons in which come and go in and through our lives, we have the privilege, the ability and the privilege to know that if you plant your life next to that river of, of life-giving love of Jesus Christ, and as you allow your roots to be anchored in the things of the gospel, we have the privilege and the honor to be fed by him, to be strengthened by him. And in those times of uncertainty of your life, we can see that he is there with us, walking and walking next to us in our life because we sought him out. There is a requirement that we seek out those rich, those rich places of uh, his love and his and his care, and we find this also as an extension of that uh, scripture in Matthew chapter fourteen and twenty four, and these words are, are shared. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when it was evening, the disciples came with him, saying, "This is a desert place, and the time is now past." Sent the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. And that Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. Here, as we speak about those, those, those uh, five loaves and two fish and the preparation for that, that as we walk with Christ, He provides and prepares those things that are expedient for you and I 
to live a life that's uh, Christ-bearing. That is, uh, we might hold a banner up in your life and in my life to recognize how it is that he will use us to do his miracles of feeding his people as we, uh, we plant ourselves near to him and that we can see how it is that he will use you for his good. And also, the difficult things I would share with you, and I'll read, share with you uh, shortly in Amos chapter 8, of some of the struggles we see in the world. But I, uh, this is a difficult thing, and I struggle with it. But are we able to rejoice in times of uncertainty? Are we able to rejoice in times of trial, times of doubt? And the Lord says that this is something that he will give you the ability to do as we rely on him, that we can rejoice even in times of those times of uncertainty and trials of life. We find this in Philippians where uh, the Lord speaks of how we are called to rejoice always. Philippians 4, starting in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be afflicted for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, as, we have a, as you have had opportunity to live out your life and to see how it is that God can uh, live and, and work through those many trials, we find as that there's patterns of life and patterns of the, how the Lord works. And we've seen this pattern play out before in the days in which we live. And this uh, times would even be considered the wilderness that uh, the world finds itself in. From the book of Amos, chapter 8 and 11, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. You see, the Lord has a way in which we can regain strength, that we can be fed, and we can receive thirst as we uh, plant our lives uh, near to him. And we see how it is that in doing so, uh, we have the privilege to to uh, know and to grow closer to him in his, in his word. We find this in the King Benjamin speaks about it in the book of Mosiah and the importance of uh, standing, standing uh, in, the, in the gospel, the fullness of the gospel, by staying in his word. In the first book of uh, Mosiah, chapter 1, we find these words that uh, I, I hope would give us strength to know that he has prepared a way that you, can, we, you and I can stand in the times of uncertainty. Starting in, um, I'm going to start in verse 4. You could actually, I commend you to read all of first, the first chapter, but I will start in 4. It says, And he also taught them concerning 
the records which were engraven on plates of brass, saying, My sons, I would that ye should remember that were it not for these plates which contain these records and these commandments, we must have suffered in ignorance, even at this present time, not knowing the mysteries of God, for, for it were not possible that our father Lehi could have remembered all these things to have taught them to his children, except it were for the, for the help of these plates. Further down it says, Therefore he could read these engravings and teach them to his children, that thereby they could teach them to their children, and so fulfilling the commandments of God, even down to this present time. I say unto you, my sons, were it not for these things which have been kept preserved by the hand of God, that we might read and understand of his mysteries and have his commandments always before our eyes, that even our fathers would have dwindled in unbelief. Have you ever thought about that? Many of those saints that have gone on before us, many of those that we find captured in Scripture, what helped them stay anchored in the truth of the gospel? How did they maintain that course of righteousness? How do you maintain your course of righteousness? Well, I commend to you that the Lord has given us these opportunities that if we search his word, that we recognize that he will give us that strength to endure and strength to uh, be preserved in times of uncertainty. But I would uh, mention this to you as well. I think it's important that uh, we can have a tendency in the flesh to read these things and look for selfish ways in which we can be gained. Selfish ways in which we can uh, grow strength into ourselves. In the book of uh, Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse 2, we see here where Jeremiah was sent out to cry repentance unto to all the people. And that it was important to him that, to understand what is necessary that we must seek the Lord. Jeremiah says, Go and cry unto the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee. The kindness of thy youth, the love of thy spousals, even thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in the land that was not sown. And uh, those, I want to, I'm thankful for a few visitors that are here today. And um, since we have visitors, I want to share this short testimony. Uh, I know everyone in this branch has heard this testimony but it was a part of the anchor of my foundation, my faith in Jesus Christ. And I won't go on to the details. Um, suffice it to say, as a young boy, late in my teenage years, I found myself lost in the woods. I was out in the wilderness, and I couldn't find my way out. And it was, a, there was, a, it was about this time of year, actually, and a, an ice storm was moving in, and I was... Over, uh, I was some miles into the woods to get to get out. There's no towns. There's before cell phones. Nobody knew where I was, and there I was as a young teenage boy in the woods, uh, searching for a way to escape. In the midst of this process, there's a lot of details. I had done everything in my earthly power, everything I've ever been taught, everything I've ever heard 
to find my way out of this captivity, if you will, captive to the, to the woods and lost in the storm that was upon me. And there and by myself, after I'd done all that I could, I uh, dropped down to, the, to my knees there in the dark. And uh, I offered a prayer to the Lord in the simplest, unprepared way, the cry of my heart, was I asked the Lord a very simple question. Lord, give me a sign. And in the instant as that prayer went through my mind and offered it up to the Lord, He gave me the sign that I needed. In an instant, I knew where I was, and I knew how to get out, and I found my way. I would, I would commend to you to, to think at times of your life that you've been in wilderness. And some of you, even sitting here, in here now, may be in that wilderness, a dry, barren place, a place you don't know how to get out of, a way in which you find many trials that, are of un, un, uh, that concern you. I would ask that uh, you consider that trial as an opportunity to learn. And I'm going to provide this uh, scripture that many of you have heard me share before. And it speaks of the, of the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They were in a barren place, a desert, where they needed uh, direction and help. And we see God used that experience to teach them four things. And as trials come into your life, saints and friends, I would uh, commend you to consider these four elements and how God has worked in the past as a pattern, how he might be working in your life, both individually, collectively, or as, a, as any body of people that seek him. From Deuteronomy 8 and 2, these words were provided. It says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And so these four elements I would draw out for your, for your consideration is in trials of life, he is calling for us to be humble, which in the simplest term, I, I have been taught to be humble means to be teachable. And so he, requ- he wants you and I in these times of uncertainty, these times in which we might find ourselves in barren land, that he wants us to be humble so he can reach us, so he can speak to us, so our ears would not be filled with the things of the world. And secondly, he wants to prove us. He wants to know what was in your heart. Your desires, what are your desires? And, and, and then he wants to know in the process of all that, will I keep the commandments? Will I do what he's called me to do? And will I be steadfast in fulfilling my, my calling to, to serving him? You know, this morning in Sunday school, in a, the adult Sunday school, we, uh, we talked about elements of, of growth in, at least in my preparation, I, that's the way I, I had pulled out of it. But some people that you may witness to, and maybe some in your family, or maybe times that you might have opportunity to see how 
God will, uh, will come and use your life as an example for other people. And so, as many people search for the truth of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are called to uh, recognize his power in our, in our life. From the book of Alma, chapter 16, we are called to re- remember his, his care as, he, as we continue to seek him out in prayer. In Alma 16 and 219, it says, Yea, humble yourselves and continue in prayer un- unto him. Cry unto him when ye are in your fields, yea, over all your flocks. Cry unto him in your houses, yea, over all your household, both morning, midday, and evening. Yea, cry unto him against the power of your enemies. Yea, cry unto him against the devil who is the enemy of all righteousness. And before we read, just before all those words are provided, he tells us these things. He says, Exercise your faith unto repentance, that ye begin to call upon his holy name, that he would have mercy upon you. Yea, cry unto him for mercy, for he is mighty to save. The Jesus Christ that we come in the power of and recognize is we are told that he is mighty to save. You know, one of the things I see in in life is in my vocation in all walks of life is that people have trouble reconciling their sins. And I would say that seems pretty, it may seem relatively too simple for those that seek after Christ and try to follow him. But when someone lives out their life and they find that that sin has crept into their life or they have never found the Lord and they recognize his love for them, that his pathway of righteousness to the, the path which he has trod through his son, Jesus Christ, there can be people that struggle to understand that he is mighty to save, that he is willing as you repent and turn those things over to him that he will take them and he will remove them from you, that you might grow with much stature and growth. And some of the youth in here even right now have been exposed to things that they, don't, they, didn't, they didn't, uh, weren't prepared for, and it wasn't anything necessarily that any of the parents might have done. But it's the world that's uh, ever-present, that's seeking its own. That's uh, the struggle of the world that we live in. But I would ask each of you and to share with your family and those that would listen that Jesus Christ is mighty to save. If there are things in your life that have struggled, that you struggle with, there's things in your life that you can't forgive yourself for, the Lord has provided a way. Jesus Christ is the way. He asks you to lay them down, that you may not pick them up anymore. And in doing so, He will allow you to grow stronger just like that tree planted by the, the water's edge, and that you would uh, see how it is that your life become a, a, be used for his good, and how it is that you even become a banner for strength, for, for light in other people. You know, in that opening scripture I shared with you in the book of Jeremiah, it spoke, and the last thing it spoke about was bearing fruit.
And I would challenge you at times to consider the fact that for us to be fulfilling the full purpose of our creation, that we are called to bear fruit. And some may not be able to stand and testify openly, may not be able to stand and and expound the Word of God in certain uh, arenas of life, but each of you can stand in your daily walk for truth, for light, for righteousness' sake, for the kingdom's sake. And in, in that power, you are given the ability to draw people to the Lord. These words are given to us out of the third book of Nephi, chapter 8. And it says, starting at 8 and 54 in the middle, it says, Therefore hold up your light, that it may shine unto the world. Behold, I am the light which ye shall hold up, that which ye have seen me do. We, you and I, are called to take up our cross and follow the Lord. As we follow the Lord, we find that something is, is called from us that is very difficult. But he tells us that it is possible that you and I must deny ourselves. We must deny the selfish desires that come into our life and sacrifice our life. From the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 16 and 25, we are, we are given this direction and hope and understanding. It says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And now for a man to take up his cross is to deny himself all ungodliness and every worldly lust and keep my commandments Further down it says, For whosoever will save his life in this world shall lose it in the, life, in the world to come. And whosoever will lose his life in this world for my sake shall find it in the world to come. You know, as uh, the Lord has been so kind to, to tell us in his, his work and his plan of salvation, we then must carry our cross and be willing to turn away from all the selfishness that comes into life. And I say that to myself because I'm, I have those same temptations of selfish desires to do those things that are pleasing to me. But yet the Lord says in Romans 12, it says, give your reasonable service. Provide those things, and I'll read that to you uh, in Romans 12, to offer up your reasonable sacrifice I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is I'm so grateful that the Lord provides these insights through His Word and these directions that I might understand His way to a higher degree. Not that I fully understand, but to a degree that I might learn to sacrifice my life for His cause, for His goodness, and for the kingdom's sake. We, uh, 
We're called to be actively engaged in a good cause. We're told in section 38, and it speaks to you, the priesthood, and it speaks to the members alike. It says, every man, both elder, priest, teacher, and also member. And here's an action word. It says, go with his might, with the labor of his hands, to prepare and accomplish the things which I have commanded. And let your preaching be the warning voice, every man to his neighbor, in mildness and in meekness. And go ye out from among the wicked, save yourselves, be ye clean, and bear the vessels of the Lord. You also can find a reference in Doctrine and Covenants 58.6 where it speaks how it is that you and I are to be anxiously engaged in a good cause. That your life would be anxiously engaged. You know, it's interesting how the scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but be anxiously engaged for a good cause. A little bit of a dichotomy of sorts of understanding how the Lord wants us to dedicate our lives for his work, for his good. And in doing so, we would see how it is that uh, we can stand as a testimony to others. From section 105-2, let, let thy heart be of good cheer before my face, and thou shalt bear record of my name, not only unto the Gentiles, but also unto the Jews, and thou shalt send forth my word unto the ends of the earth. He is calling for you and I to send forth his word. You know, it's been said, and I... I stand behind those word, these words that it's been my experience that the best sermon ever preached is the one that's been lived out. And your ability to touch the lives of other people, your ability to uh, bear a testimony of Jesus Christ in, in your life gives you opportunity to witness of the power in which he instills with, inside of you. And that power comes to understanding of understanding miracles, the power to, that you might be a light in for the world to see his standard, that you might be a messenger into the world, that the world might see and know of his goodness through your life. For when the opportunity comes that you would testify that God is the one that gives you anything to do good through his son, Jesus Christ. And once again, we find these words of of understanding to some degree in section 45. In Sunday school, uh, my oldest daughter, I won't mention her name, uh, we were discussing this, this scripture as we were searching for something this morning. And I, uh, I, I find it to give me much, much strength in understanding how the Lord can work. It says, Hearken, O ye people of my church, and, and ye elders, listen together. Again, speaking to the people and the priesthood. And, har- and hear my voice while... It is called today, and harden not your hearts. And then further down in C, it says, I came into my own, and my own received me not. But unto as many as received me gave I power to do many miracles, and to become the sons of God. And even unto them that believed on my name gave I power to obtain eternal life. And even so, I have sent my everlasting covenant into the world, to be a light unto the world, and to be a standard for my people, and for the Gentiles to seek to it, and to be a messenger before my face to prepare the way before me. Have you seen your life as a way in which you might condition your life to seek to it, to seek to the light of Christ as a standard, and that your life is a messenger 
You are a messenger. You are, you are, your, your life is like a banner, like we're told in, in, in uh, Psalms 25, that we are to hold up our banners. And what is your banner saying into this world? Is it of Jesus Christ? Is it his power? He's mighty to save? That he has prepared a way that is above this world? I would say to you that uh, the adversary wants us to uh, not contend with those things of, of uh, principalities and spiritual. Uh, he wants us to be uh, lulled asleep, like we talked about in Second and Alma, Alma chapter 12. And, uh, and I didn't mark it, but I'm going to go turn to it. Um, in Second uh, Nephi chapter 12, I believe it's starts in 25, um, where the Lord says that one of the ways in which, you know, I like to focus my attention on all the things that are uh, that we do to work towards uh, building, being able to be engaged in this, this this gospel. But it's also important at times to understand how the adversary is going to come, try to come into your life. And so it's important to understand how those attacks might come. So it may not diminish you, that it may not, may not uh, cause you to put a bushel over your light that you, wouldn't, that you would share with others. And uh, again, those in our congregation have heard these words from me, but I uh, titled in my, in my margin, The Devil's Playbook, because the Lord once again gives us four things. Like in Deuteronomy, he gave us four ways in which he works. Here he gives us four ways in which the adversary works. Uh, you can start in 23, but it says, For the kingdom of the devil must shake, and they which belong to it must needs be stirred up into repentance, or the devil will grasp them with his everlasting chains, and they be stirred up to anger and perish. And here's the first one, and I would ask if you see any rage or anger in the world. It says, For behold, at that day, shall he rage in the hearts of the children of men and stir them up to anger against that which is good. And the second, the second one is to pacify us, is what I was wanting to refer to from our last scripture, it, it, to lull us away. It says, And others he will pacify and lull them away into carnal security, that they, sh- they will say, All is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth, all is well. And the next one it says, And thus he, the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them carefully away down to hell. And behold, others he flattereth away, and telleth them there is, there is no hell. And he saith unto them, there is no devil, for there is none. And the last one, he provides us for our, our ability to be strong in the, in the gospel and to carry the gospel into the world. It says, and thus he whispereth in their ears until he grasps them with his awful change from whence there is no deliverance. You know, those words, no deliverance, can be a, a little bit misleading at times. And I won't expound on it for the sake of time this morning, but um, the Lord's arms are always continue, continue to be outstretched to his people. He's providing a way to be mighty to save. Some of you that uh, find at times of life and will find at times of life that you're in a situation, he provides a second Corinthians, uh, I believe it's chapter 10 and 13, talks about how it is that he provides a way for you to escape. You can escape these things. And, but there also is a time in which we allow ourselves to, to linger too long in sinful ways that we can call what the Scripture says is a reprobate mind. 
And so I'm thankful the Lord prepares us to know that the pathway in which to seek out, to come back into his presence, is through his son Jesus Christ, who is mighty to save. And it's my prayer today that you and I might plant ourselves next to that river of life, as Jesus Christ. And in doing so, that in the times of uncertainty and the troubles that might come before us, that when all else is withering and, and uncertain in the, in the world, that we might stand strong, we might stand true, that we might be able to not only stand strong and true, but we would continue to have leaves that are green, that our strength doesn't come from the world as it collapses, that oh, the world around us that pulls us away from the Lord, but yet we find that uh, we find our strength in Christ. And lastly, not only with those green leaves, we give shade to other people from the heat of the day, but we can bear fruit. And your life can be a living testimony of service, of sacrifice for others. And these can be, hard, these can be high, high marks for us to, to work towards. But we cannot do it on our own. By sacrificing our life, meaning submitting ourselves to allowing Christ to have full sway, I know the Lord can and will do amazing things in these latter days, and I'm, I'm grateful and thankful to be yoked up with each of you for the cause of the kingdom, and I, uh, I'm excited and looking forward to those days before us that we can take the message, the angel message, and to the world and show them through, our, our, um, through the gospel, through the scripture, that there is a better way. I look forward to serving with you and uh, winning souls for the sake of the Lord.
Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful today to be able to be here and to hear this message brought forth. We pray that we may forever hold up the light of thy Son, thy Son Jesus Christ. We pray that we may choose those weapons of warfare, of love and brotherly kindness. We pray that we may be truly valiant in testimony, that we may claim to be a soldier of thy Son. Forgive us of our sins and help us to be the kind of people that thou canst use in the furtherment of thy gospel and the kingdom here upon this earth. We pray that thou would bless each family here. Bless each home represented here, our Heavenly Father. We ask these blessings in the worthy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen.